Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, Mark Peterson here again, The Journey Within. Got Eric Pollack from WTA Tags on here. Eric, how you doing? Hey, good, Mark. How are you? Not too bad. So, Eric, I know you've been on a, a few podcasts, and anybody in the hunting industry that definitely does tags obviously have heard of you in the past, but I'd love to start and just kind of dig into your background before we get into some specific tags information. So, where are you from? How long have you been in Sydney, Nebraska? Yeah, you bet. I, so, I grew up in uh, a suburb of Buffalo, New York, Orchard Park, New York, and uh, I kind of got my background. I was always a fisherman. Um, kind of the neighborhood that my parents moved us into was kind of carved out of the woods, like um, very, a little more rural than people might think for New York, right? Grew up real close to Lake Erie, Lake Michigan, uh, Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. And, um, and then again, you know, my, 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 my surrounding was, was very rural, um, more rural than people might think for, uh, for New York state. But, um, a friend of mine, my actually my best friend, his father was a a, a big uh, hunter outdoorsman, and he knew I loved to fish, and he kind of got me going on the hunting side of things. I took the hunter safety course, and I think I was maybe fourteen or fifteen, and then I just kind of took off from there. Um, so it just you know from the very beginning, I was I was just completely hooked on on the outdoors, hunting, fishing. It's all I thought about. Um, and then went to college at the University of Dayton, where, you know, during my college years, maybe the first three years, I, I took a little sabbatical from hunting and fishing, <laughs> but every time I would go home, you know, I would be, I'd be back at it. Yep. Um, and then my senior year uh, at Dayton, I met a, I met a guy who um, kind of took me under his wing in the bow hunting world, and we kind of bow hunted together and then turkey hunted together uh just back to orchard park quickly that's the home of quaker boy game calls so you know all the guys in the neighborhood uh. you know high school age that like to hunt you know kind of idolized dick kirby and got into turkey hunting you know uh that was a, a big spring was always a big thing for us uh again university of dayton after that when i was at dayton i i was like boy i, I don't want to go into the business world right away yeah 
and I started to write Outfitters letters, and um, and it was kind of interesting. On April Fool's Day, my my college roommates wrote me a letter, a fake letter, that <laughs> said I had a job with United States Outfitters. So I I called United States Outfitters and. Of course, they didn't know what I was talking about, and I got into a conversation with George Tallman, and uh, and he said, "Boy, are you the kid that's been calling me every you know two weeks for the last year?" And I said, "Yeah, I am." He goes, "You seem pretty into this." He goes, "Why don't you come out here this summer, and we'll kind of hang out and see if this is going to work?" So, went out to New Mexico and uh, and uh, made a deal with my father that it would only be for one hunting season. Uh, I think he wanted me to uh, use my Dayton education to maybe go into the business world and. So I went out to uh, work for USO for a season. I followed George around with a camera for the Team Realtree crew. To, they were doing the Monster Bulls video at the at the at the time. Okay, learned a lot about licensing and 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 the draws. Then I went to Chicago for like seven years and started in quote unquote the real world and started to started to do pretty well there. Where I had enough put together to go on a brown bear hunt, so I called Cabela's and um to book it uh-huh. outdoor adventure service and never ended up booking that hunt i actually paid off my college loan but uh greg and i greg severton who was the uh yeah he was the um director at the time we got to talking about licensing and other things and i don't know we just kind of hit it off and then two years later cabela's made me an offer to start their tags program for him and that's kind of how it all started basically off a fake letter from my university of dayton buddies that turned into a job and That's then awesome. seven years later turned into another job yeah it was kind of an interesting story so i got i got yeah, two things first one i got to sure. start on are you still a bills fan <laughs> you know i think have you seen these moves we've been making in That's, the offseason I, uh, the free agency has been good to us i think we've got a good chance here with this josh allen and yes i am a huge bills huge. fan of course they're doing the new stadium in orchard park so i'm pretty excited about that and but there's been a lot of heartache in past years correct Oh, it's been, it's been, the bills will break your heart. There's no doubt about it. You know, and I know, I know you're a, I know you're a Patriots fan, so it's, it's always a, a, a good, source policy. We've had a good sure. run against the bills. We have. Oh. Yeah. So the other one, when for you, 20 years. when, when Severson hired you at Cabela's and at that time, it must've been just been Cabela's adventures, right? With no tags behind it. So when he, right. when he hired you, he hired you specifically to start the tags program, correct? Yes, that's correct. It was what, a, it was not around when before I came. What year was that? Do you remember? I do. It was so I started my first day was I think September third of two thousand and three. Okay. And so I I I um I moved from a great big city to a very rural area of Sydney, Nebraska, and I thought, yeah, this will last four or five years, and I'll get this program going for Cabela's and get some cool hunts in, and then I'll head back to Chicago. Well, twenty years later, I'm you know still here, so it's so, been a, it's been a great run. How did your how did your initial move to Sydney go? And for I, I, for those of you that are listening that don't know, Sydney has how many people? Eric? Yeah, it's, I think when I moved here, it was about seven thousand people coming from. You know, an enormous city. It's funny when I interviewed, I, I came back to Chicago and, and told a you know a bunch of my friends. One of my friends was like, "Oh, you gotta go, you gotta go. This is perfect." He goes, "I'll help you move out there. It's gonna be great." You know, and I said, "I don't know." I said, "It's a pretty small town." Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So we get uh, we get to driving. We got the U-Haul all packed up. My friend James is helping me drive out here, and he kind of falls asleep, and I'm driving, and I'm kind of you know I'm in a bit of a panic coming uh-huh. from this big city to this little community, and. 
And so my, my brain is just working a thousand miles an hour, wonder if I'm making the right move. And my friend James, who is the biggest proponent of me moving out here, he wakes up in the middle of the prairie, like no trees. And he, he looks around and he's just like, wow, I think you're making a big mistake. <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, what? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Anyway, it, you know, it worked out and, um, it took a little getting used to, but now it's definitely home and it's a great place. And, um, the tags program, uh, you know, it, 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 I have a pretty funny story actually about the tags program, you know, so Greg, yeah, he hired me to get back to your question to start the tags program. And it, you know, there was not a tags program in place. And so he said, why don't you put a catalog together? Of course it was all live images cause we hadn't drawn any tags and, mm-hmm we had we had no imagery so you know a live sheep and a live mule deer in the catalog and i think dick cabela had a, a mule deer that he had taken in colorado i got lucky with that picture but anyway we were going to mail that catalog on a certain date and greg said hey you know this you got to have this catalog ready and through the printer so that we can mail it on let's say january 5th so January 5th comes and goes, and the, I don't think the phone's going to light up because we sent out, you know, 100 or 200,000 catalogs. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And the phone doesn't do a thing. Like, I'm staring at my phone. January 5th, January 6th, no phone calls. January 7th, no phone I walk into Greg's office, and I said, hey, Greg. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I thought this was going to work. I said, you know, I haven't taken a single phone call. I'll just head back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Greg's system, he goes, Oh, I forgot to tell you the print the um, the shipping day got delayed a week, and I'm like, Craig, I messed up for three days. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Of course, a week later, the catalog ship, and the phone lights up like a Christmas tree, and it took off from there, and everything worked. But yeah, it was a pretty stressful few days before he told me that the shipping date had been uh, had been delayed a week. So it was kind of funny. Hey, everybody. As you know, May is a giant month in the tag application world. I'm going to go over some deadlines here, so make sure to pay attention on these. Washington, all species on May 24th. So May is a giant month in the tag application world. There's just one deadline in June, but it is a key one. Montana antelope deadline is June 1st, so you got to make sure to get applied for this one. Antelope in Montana is a sleeper, and you got to make sure to get in on this one. Give the team at WTA a call. So you've been at it now. If I do the math right here, you're going on year 19? Yeah, I think this will be the 19th year. 19th year. So when I tell everybody WTA has the most experience in, in TAGS programs, this is the reason why is because we truly have 19 years of experience and the guy that started it for Cabela's on the team leading the team, um, which from my standpoint, maybe bias, Derek's pretty pretty great to have. So let's uh, – like, and I always tell everybody, everybody asks me tags questions, and I'm like, listen, there's a whole team of guys that answer these way better than I do. Um, I've had my portfolio with you bef- way before, even when Severson was there when I when I first had my, my portfolio with you. Explain how it works for a new client calling in or sending an email in of, hey, I'm, I'm looking to start a tags portfolio. I don't know what I don't know, but I've been recommended by a friend or whatever. I want to go to Iowa and get a whitetail. How, how does that work? How's the, the majority of new phone calls that come into you? How do they start and what questions do you generally have to answer? Sure. And Mark, you know, I think you were one of my first customers. Um, I remember you calling, you know, and I said, boy, this guy's young and he's, you know, he's definitely engaged and, and you're one of the bigger portfolios that I put together, but it's the same process today as it was back then. 
you know, basically it's a series of questions that either myself or one of my consultants will will ask the client or the prospective client questions like, you know, what are your hunting goals in the next 10 years, the next 20 years? Are you um, looking to draw sheep tags, elk tags, mule deer tags, maybe a little bit of everything? Some guys will answer those questions. Hey, I'm sheep and I'm trying to get my grand slam and all I care about is sheep. Most guys I would say, Mark, are, hey, I'm a little bit of everything. You know, yep. I'd love to hunt a big bull elk. I'd love to try to draw, it. you know, a great mule deer tag. Sheep is always on the, you know, is what would be a dream tag to draw. So once we ascertain the species, you know, then we ascertain the quality. On quality, most guys are like, hey, look, if it's elk or mule deer, I want to hunt great big ones. If it's a sheep tag or a mountain goat tag or a shirus moose tag, just put me in for the best odds. Those tags are so hyper-managed that usually even when you draw in the lesser units, it's a it's a pretty great experience. Yeah. And, you know, the odds are so tough of drawing. That's, that's probably the majority of our client base. Then we'll ask questions like, you know, weapon, archery, muzzleloader, rifle, naturally the more primitive weapon you can go with, typically the better odds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, physical condition, things like that. Once There's a series of questions we go through. Once we have that, what, what I'll do is I'll send over kind of a mock portfolio. I'll put together a portfolio based off that conversation, based off those goals, and then when I have the client, when I have that in front of the client, it's easy to walk through that portfolio line by line by line, right? Yep. And I, I kind of tell them the method to my madness. I'm like, look, I have Idaho sheep because of this. I have Arizona mule deer because of this. I have, you know, and I, I kind of go through it and, and I explain to them why I think that portfolio makes sense. Then what we'll do after that is we will, we you know, we'll tweak it. We'll dial in. Um What I'll tell them, you know, the most important thing, Mark, and as you know, is you don't want to be in one year on the TAGS program and then out the next year and then two years later you call me back and you get back in. You want it it to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. So you want to do this every year. And renewing every year is the key, right? Because even if you're not drawing TAGS, you're building valuable preference points, bonus points, et cetera, right? Yep. So if, if, if... if you look at that tags bill and you get sticker shock, let's let's get it down. Let's narrow it down so that because I'm going to send you a bill every year in December, right, for yep. the next year, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, hey, Mark, it's time to re up for this year. Here's your points. Here's what you have with me. You know, give me a call. Let's get it going again. And so you have to make sure it's a palatable bill or portfolio that you feel comfortable with renewing year in and year out. Because if you do that, good tags are going to come your way, yep. right? Yep. And it's just a matter of time until until things go right for you. And and if you have you cast a wide net and have enough names in the hat, you're going to draw some great tags. So that's kind of how that's kind of how the process works. And not kind of how that's exactly how yeah. the process works. And and I know for, yeah, it works out well. I know for me when we started, I started smaller, and it seemed like I added more on each year that I continued until I don't I don't know if there's anything else that I can literally apply for right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'm. Pretty- pretty well maxed out on applying for anything that I possibly can. Is that like, is that typical for most guys as they get started? Like not knowing what you don't know, you kind of start small. And like, I remember our our first call of being like, man, I really like to chase some, some big elk, but I really, at that time, like I wanted to get in for the mountain goat, the Shiris moose and the sheep, just like those, because it's way cheaper if you draw a tag than if you go somewhere to hunt those and knowing that it's going to take so long. I just, it was like one of those things I got to get started to be able to actually get it at the end. like And then all of a sudden it was just like, yeah, I should be applying for all the trophy elk at all the states just to increase my odds and just kept going year after year. Is that similar to what a lot of the, the guys do with their portfolios? 
Yeah, you touched on two things there. So number one, it is very common that 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 happens because people's goals change and they become more enlightened or more educated. And, you know, they're inundated with, you know, marketing and and with with all the neat tags that are out there. Mm -hmm. So that does often happen where guys are like, let's add this, let's get this going. I need to get into that draw, right? So the portfolio can expand. Um, the other thing you touched on, Mark, was was the cost, right? So when I talk to people on the outdoor venture side about sheep hunting, right, particularly Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep and desert bighorn sheep, that's an extremely expensive adventure yeah. on the guaranteed tag side, right? So mm-hmm. where do we go for Rockies? I think I sent you to Alberta with Paul, right? Yep. And that's where you got yep. your first bighorn. Yep. And then, you know, that, that hunt now is probably close to $50,000, right? Yeah, it keeps going up every uh, year. Keeps going up, right. Down in old Mexico for the desert bighorn, guaranteed tag. You can go tomorrow. You know, you can go this year. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait. You can book it and go. But that hunt's fifty five, sixty thousand, 60000 right? Yep. So that's out, of, that's out of touch for a lot of guys. Even if it's not out of touch for a guy, you know, they still want to try to draw because the quality is so much greater in Montana than it is Alberta, right? Yeah. The uh-huh. quality is so much greater in Colorado than it is, you know, Alberta. Yeah. For desert sheep, if you can draw a tag in Arizona or Nevada, you're probably going to come home with a book head, right? A great yep. big one. Yep. Um, but the cost is, is what I think drives a lot of it. Guys are just like, I don't want to spend or I can't spend that kind of money to do that. So my only chance is to draw a tag. If you can draw a tag in Arizona or Nevada for desert sheep, which has the most non-resident tags, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to go hunting for six to $8,000. So a massive discount, or you could do it yourself, right? Most, all of these areas, most of these areas are, are public land and, and you can get in there. I always recommend an outfitter for a tag like that, but especially if you, you could do a DIY. So many years trying to draw that tag. That's what I tell everybody. Too. If you spent so many years trying to get that tag, don't, don't mess it up at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. That's exactly right. Oh, that's great. So, and, and it kind of skipped over this one. I shouldn't. So is, is starting a portfolio is as easy as just picking up the phone and then it's having that first initial conversation and, and you're basically ready to rock and roll after that. Yeah. It really takes a phone call. A lot of guys like to communicate over email or even mm-hmm. text. We, we do need to get on the phone. The consultation, you know, it takes probably less than a half an hour for that initial consultation. And, we can ascertain enough information to get a, a mock portfolio in front of the client. Then we agree on what we want to do and we roll out. Yep, that's exactly yeah. how it works. So the, the two things that, and this is one that I was eager to continue on when, when WTA took over Cabell's Outdoor Adventure and Tag Services, um, kids apply free. Like that's a big part in everything I do in the outdoor industry is trying to promote youth into the outdoors and i believe this is a, a great path for it and the ones that i that i tell i'm gonna, I'm gonna let you explain where this where this started from and in the benefits that this has but for like my simple mind of what i tell everybody is okay so say it takes 26 28 years to draw a rocky mountain bighorn tag do the math on that so if you start applying when you're 30 do, do the math now if imagine if your kid who likes to go hunting or is semi into it now, imagine if you started applying your son or your daughter when they were 12 for that tag, do the math on that. They're not going to be very old when they're drawing that tag compared to somebody that starts later in life. Like that's how I look at the kids apply free part of man. If, if you have a child or somebody that's involved in the outdoors or you want to be involved in the outdoors, this is a great program for them. It really is. It's, the WTA tags kids apply free program. It 
it's something that you know if you're if your child if if you come from a, a hunting and fishing and outdoor family applying for those tags at the age of 10 in Arizona and 12 in most other states it's such an advantage. Number one, WTA is going to float massive tag fees on their behalf from ages 10 through their 18th year. So for eight years, you are going to get extremely discounted licensing, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly, you're going to be building points, right, for, for all those years. So you're going to be way ahead of the game, right? Uh, to your point, you know, having, you know, 10 or 12 points or 15 points by the time you're 30 years old, I mean, yeah, you're ahead of the pack, and, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, typically and statistically, that's how you draw tags, right? Yep. Also, um, I do want to touch on the New Mexico draw, okay? So New Mexico does not have a point system in place, and so equal odds are typically your best odds. But even greater than that, the youth draws in New Mexico, even though there's no point system, the youth draws in New Mexico the, the tags they give away to those kids, they're the most incredible tags in the state, right? Mm -hmm. So on the elk tag, right, you're hunting in the bugle with a high-powered rifle before anybody has been in there with a, with a, high, with a, with a gun, right? Yep. And so it, it's just an incredible experience, and that's what we need to keep kids engaged is elk just ripping bugles in their face. And he, here's a great example. So to draw, to draw that tag as an adult, right, so... To draw, let's say, a Vivadol elk tag or a Unit 34 elk tag, you know, those odds are probably, you know, let's just let's just say for for an example, let's say those odds are are one in one in thirty, okay. right? They're probably a little tougher than that for a child. I mean, sometimes those odds get to be one in ten, one in five, oh, wow. right? And you have and you have better season dates, right? So, you know, and then there's youth sheep tags, there's youth ibex tags, oryx tags. Mm -hmm. So I encourage guys that, hey, look, you know, it's not just about building points for the kids. It's also about trying to draw these New Mexico tags because once they hit 18, they enter the world of, of long odds, right? Yeah. Like everybody else and the odds get tough and maybe you can snag a tag here or there before that happens and, you know, it's set up perfectly for them. So, yeah, the youth program, it's a great program for us. I bet, Mark, I bet that it, I don't have the exact statistic in front of me, but, I, you know, I would think one in five adults that utilize our program have their kids signed up in, in some way, shape, or form. Right? Oh, that's great. So yeah, it, yeah, it is. I mean, I would say that's a good percent right off the bat, one in, one in five. I wish it was four out of five. But, I mean, that's if you think yeah, about it, though, that's, right. that's the way younger society is. That's a great percentage right there. Yeah, and you know some adults don't have kids or whatever yep. it is, but yeah, it's it is it's it's a great thing, and and um, it's just really neat to see these kids, and and you know of course this day and age you're competing against, you know all the high school sports, yeah. you're competing against the video games and everything else, and it's and the social media, and it's just fun to watch these kids, you know, put in, build points, and then eventually draw great tags, and and, and then the pictures that come back with these big smiles on oh, their faces, yeah. and. And then the father calls you. He's like, man, that was a great hunt. I think, you know, my kid is hooked. He can't wait to, you know, try to draw again. And it's just, it, it's the best That's what it's about right there, sure. yeah. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Now, uh, we've mentioned floating the tag fees a lot. What What is floating? What does that mean when you talk to us compared to somebody else when we say we're going to float your tag fees? 
Yeah, I think we're the only company that does it, or maybe does it, definitely the only company that company that does it at this level. I mean, you know, WTA tags is floating millions of dollars in tag fees, and what what that means is when you look at states like Montana, Idaho, New Mexico, Iowa, Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Those are states, and I'm probably forgetting a few, but those are states where when you apply, you have to front the tag fee at time of application. So if I go in and apply for an Idaho sheep tag, okay, Mm -hmm. I think that tag is roughly around $2,600, right? I have to send Idaho $2,600 before the April 30th deadline, Mm -hmm. and I have to know what unit I'm putting in for, and I have to know how many choices to put on the application, and we know all that, right? I have to know where the outfitters are. So not only do we know the units, not only do we know how to apply you, how to maximize that application perfectly, WTA tags will also send the $2,600 to Idaho on your behalf. So you can keep that money in your bank account. If you draw a tag, you'll reimburse us for it. If you don't draw a tag, we get the money. You know, naturally, yeah. we get the refund back because it's money we floated on your behalf. So it's just it helps you get more names in the hat. It helps you're not checking your bank account all the time. Yeah. Did they take the 2600 out? Did they did they refund me the 2600? You know, New Mexico is another huge float state, $760 on the elk tags, $1600 on the oryx and the ibex tags, $3000 on the sheep tags, right? Yeah. So when you get a few applications going, you have, you know, 10, 12, 15000 dollars out there, you can just lean on WTA tags to do that on your behalf. And it just makes things easier and, and, and worry free. And that's it, what we're all about. Makes sure. it so much it's easier. a real service. Yeah. It's full it so service, easy. correct. Where can yeah. um where's the best spot for everybody to look at costing for the service? Like it is it the website. Where where can they go? Because I know you get a ton of questions of, hey, I want to apply in just Iowa, and then you're like, Well, maybe I want to apply in Kansas. What would it be if I just applied in these two states? for deer and maybe an elk out here like i get those questions of how much does it cost and i'm i'm always obviously like man i don't have the sheet in front of me where is like for the listeners right now where can they go and just look at costing of different options of what they wanted to apply for sure so there's three places that you can get the costing and wta tags is completely up front on every fee that we charge the state fee plus our fee equals your total, right? So we have put together a hunt menu that shows the fees broken out by state, broken out by exactly what we charge, added together, right? So the three places you can get that costing is you can call a consultant and they can email it to you. You can request one of our catalogs. It's in the catalog and you can also find it on our website. Basically, our fee structure is based off of difficulty of application and how much money we're floating right Mm -hmm. so that's why you'll see different fees for each tag that we that we put in for but getting your hands on that hunt menu will really will really help and it'll really show you exactly what you're getting into and then of course mark you know when we send the client the mock portfolio it's also broken out on our invoice If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out Rough Tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years, and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out, roughtough.com. Leopold offers the best optics in the game, bar none. I personally have their Santium binos and never go to the field without their Pro Guide spotting scope. I've got a Mark V on all my rifles, and also don't forget they've got some awesome eyewear as well. For more information, visit leopold.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com.
and I think that's key. So when you say mock, just so everybody that's listening understands, so they'll the team builds the portfolio for you, and before we bill you for it, you review it to make sure that it's everything that you want. So it's, there's multiple steps in here. So it's, it's not – don't plan on just calling and getting the information and be like, man, I'm going to get billed today as I do the initial call. No, it's a process just like anything to where you want – we want you to be comfortable in the portfolio that you're moving forward with. Because, again, as Eric mentioned earlier, this isn't we just want to get you for one year on this. This is a long-term deal that when you start to apply, stay applied through the process because it increases your draws as you go. Right, exactly right. So the mock portfolio is just something that is part of the consultation and we don't charge anybody anything until there's a verbal confirmation of, yep, this looks great. Let's go with it. Hit my card, right? Mm -hmm. There's two ways to do it. Most guys pay in full for that year just so they don't have to worry about anything. Other other clients will uh, ask, hey, what, you know, what deadlines are coming up? What do I have to pay for now? And I'll tell them, like, for example, this week, it's important that you get your Montana and your Colorado payment over to us, right? Mm -hmm. And then a month from now, you know, it'll be two other states. And we can do it that way as well. But, you know, you can either pay in full or you can pay by deadline. If you pay by deadline, it is, you know, you do need to contact us before each deadline and make sure you don't miss it. That's why it's probably easier to pay in full. But, again, we can go either way with that. Yep. Hey, and this is a question I I literally just thought of, and I haven't talked to you since. What have you seen as far as demand and calls since COVID for tags? Like, just the general trend is, I mean, obviously, for the first time in a long time, the amount of hunters is grew, especially, like, I, I look at turkey hunting here in Michigan last year. I think I've saw more turkey hunters than I ever have in my life. And I mean, the turkeys knew it too. You saw a turkey from a truck; they were sprinting out of the way because there's so many hunters in the field. But how how is 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 the demand growing for this? Because it's kind of for a long time it was like this hidden gem that some people knew about, but they didn't really want to tell everybody about it to get them all applying in there. What, what's it been like the last couple of years? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. You know, so 2019, right, was yeah. pre-COVID, and the numbers were what they were. 2020 COVID hit and the number of applications in almost every Western state skyrocketed, went Mm -hmm. through the roof, right? And I think it was people sitting at home and they're cooped up and they have time to get on and apply and, and people wanted to put in for these tags. Interestingly, I had a conversation with a a super helpful representative in the state of Montana, just on, uh, it was on, on Tuesday after our weekly tags meeting. Montana's had a lot of changes, so I've been on the phone with Montana a lot over the last two months, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This gal had had revealed some pretty interesting information to me that they were down 30,000 applications from 2020 to date, right? Oh, wow. When you compare compare 20, or maybe it was 2021 to 2022 applications, they were were down 30,000 applications. So maybe it'll start to normalize again and... Um, you know, we can draw more tags and, and, and the odds, you know, maybe the odds will normalize back to the 2019 year where people are back to work, they're back in the office, their lives have resumed. And, um, so that's what I've seen. I've seen, you know, I've seen 2020 and 2021 applications to the roof and, um, Hopefully this 2022 year will be kind of back to normal, but you're right. I mean, you go out there and it's like, oh, hunting is declining. And it's like, all I do is see hunters. There's more hunters out there than I've ever seen. 
Well, that's great. That's actually great news. So if you're applying, that is great news for you because it means that there are less applicants there and increases your draw. So that was one of those tricky questions of like, man, you like to see hunters in the field, but at the same time, if you've got a portfolio yeah. in that you're trying to draw tags on, you're like, well, hopefully not too many people are applying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yo, yeah. That's exactly what's happening too. So in your in your portfolio, Eric, since you've been doing this a while, what's the what's the best tag that you've drawn? Like the one that so, comes to your mind, like, hey man, I, I can't believe I drew this tag. This was this was a great one. Yeah, and this is this goes back to an earlier point that you had made that when you draw a tag higher and out there. But I drew <laughs> a Montana I drew a Montana sheep tag the fourth time I ever applied for it. You know, I hadn't been with tags very long, mm-hmm. and it was year four. I drew a Montana bighorn tag, and I thought, you know, I thought I could do it myself. And a friend and I went in there, and you know, we 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 did as well as we could. It was a tough unit. It was back in the Bob Marshall. It was it was the most difficult sheep hunt that Montana probably offers next to the unlimited units. I went after drawing odds. I was like, I just want to draw a tag. Yeah. You know, I don't have that many points. I'm young. I can get around good still. And so I put in for this this tag in Montana that, you know, had the best odds. Never expected to draw it. I draw the tag. Me and a friend go in there. He had horses. But there was a lot of hiking involved. It was a super intense hunt. And, um, you know, I think had I hired an outfitter, I think we got lucky. You know, we I think we took a ram on day four or five. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't a real big sheep. I think, I think if I would have had an outfitter that, you know, knew the unit a little better, um, I, I could have came out of there. Cause I thought to myself back then I was so naive. I was like, well, I'll draw another big horn tag. And, and of course I haven't 20 years later. Right. So, um, just, yeah, you want to maximize your opportunity. So that was by far the greatest tag I've ever drawn. I've drawn the New Mexico Ibex tag. That's uh-huh. a really neat hunt down in the Florida mountain range of New Mexico. Um, I've draw I drew I've drawn a mountain goat tag in the lower forty eight, and various elk and mule deer tags. But you know the greatest tag would be that Montana tag for sure. So which one? What tag are you putting in for right now that you hope you draw this year? Sure. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over one hundred thousand boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. So I have three of the four for the Grand Slam. I have my Doll, my Stone, and my Rocky. Uh-huh. So, to, so to complete my Slam, I, I need a Desert Sheep. And um, that's the tag I really hope comes through. I have naturally I've been doing this heavily since you know for almost 20 years, so I have a lot of points built up. I basically put in everywhere there's an available non-resident desert sheep tag. Uh-huh. If my ship comes in, I, I do think it'll be in Nevada, which will they'll issue like maybe 33 non-resident desert tags this year. Maybe Arizona would be the second most, maybe 14 or 15 tags. Okay. So we'll. Uh, Hey, uh, you know, I saw that sheep that you just took, the uh, that desert bighorn. I was the Navajo, jealous. yeah. That, was that, it, yeah, that was on the Arizona side or the, the Utah side? That was on the Utah side. Yeah. Yep. So was that Lake Powell? It was Lake Powell. We went right up. We did a two-hour boat ride up Lake Powell to where we were hunting there. 
What a great sheep! Oh man, just that whole that whole story. I don't know, for anybody that's listening. Well, we've got the video up on my YouTube channel. So I I had a, a desert bighorn tag on the Navajo reservation, and we've been glassing up rams. There, there's no shortage of rams there, but we hadn't seen any really good ones. And we were set up on a, on this rock bluff, kind of glassing across the river, looking at this bedded ram going over there and going. Oh, we're getting a little late in the hunt here. Going to have to probably make a move on this ram. Looking and, and it was one of those hikes that you're sitting there drinking water, getting prepared for it because you know it's going to be seven hours of nonstop crossing the river, getting over there, hiking up, and hoping that ram's there. And as we were doing that, literally you hear the hoof traps, hoof tracks of sheep coming behind us, and all of a sudden this ram appears with, I think it was nine ewes, and just a stud ram at 250 yards. Then it was the scramble of getting the muzzle loader set and getting Justin set up on the camera, and it was over. Just as quick as it started, it was over, just like that. And that's one of those. And you guys things. hadn't seen that ram before. No, had never seen that ram. The, and you turn, you tur- you turn around, and just a boomer's just standing. It's there. just standing there at 250 yards, and you're like one of those times. You're like hunting. You get getting lucky in hunting is one of those things. Like I can't explain it. And it was just all of a sudden. That, and I I don't lose myself on camera very often, but that was one of those. Like there were some explicits flying afterwards, and it was it was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. You know, I could tell, I've watched a lot of footage naturally over the years, and I could tell that was completely authentic and that something special had happened, you know. That was, yeah. And that's why you don't, yeah, that's why you don't give up on a hunt, you know. When I book these hunts, like a brown bear hunt in the Alaskan Peninsula, it's a 16-day hunt I book those for. The reason I book them 16 days is because that's what it can take, right? Even if you're in the best places in the world, Mm -hmm. then things can happen on a dime. They can change on a dime. Your luck can change so fast. And no, that was a great sheep, though. Congratulations! Thank you. Oh my! Yeah, no, that was yeah. that's. And, and anybody that has you, uh, you, anybody you that made the shot with the gunworks muzzleloader. I did two hundred and fifty yards right there. And Justin, as we walked up, he found the mushroom bullet there, laying on the rock. It was oh, it was cool. it was a crazy like that was that happened real life too. Like all that stuff that whole afternoon was just crazy. Like just yeah. it was amazing. Um, what I was going to yeah. say for anybody that hasn't sheep hunted or mountain hunted be careful because once you do, it's a different level of addiction. And then once you do it once, you can't wait to get back and just, it's different because you're challenging your body and your mind just as much as anything on those. You know, for me, sheep hunting is about the the country that you hunt them in. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, Northern British Columbia and, you know, the Chugach of Alaska. And it's just, it's such incredible, just stunning countryside. And, you know, where those rams live, their lives, it's just, it's such a neat hunt for sure. And I, I just, I, I really hope I draw that desert tag. I think I will, you know, you have to yeah. believe that's part of this, right? Yep. <laughs> and, Check. um, you know, when I do, we'll, uh, we'll see. But Check. Checking out those draws. This year. So if the, if you yeah. ask that question, what tag was I hoping to draw this year? It's already passed. Um, cause I did not draw it out of Alaska. It's an emperor goose tag of all things. Um, if anybody, right. that, anybody that follows me knows I'm a little bit odd and everything. Obviously, I'm, I, I don't think I'm set to draw the sheep tags yet, so those are a few years out. So the emperor goose tag, because I've been chasing this waterfall thing pretty tough here the last couple of years, that was the one I was hoping for. Didn't get it this year, hoping it still goes next year. It's such a pretty bird. It's such an amazing Oh. And I'm glad they finally have a tag. You know, they didn't have a tag for that for a lot of years. And I think, what, two or three years ago was the yep. first time they actually released a non-resident tag. And you jumped on it right away. You were like, Eric, <laughs> put me in for the tag. <laughs> yeah. And you were probably like, what? And I was like, what? What, what are you talking good. about? A bird? What? No. It's, I've hunted up there multiple times on the waterfall slam, and they're they're literally everywhere. 
I mean, all are, like seeing them around Kodiak. We went and hunted Kodiak late last. Well, I guess not late last year. It was in November, but they were so colored up, and literally on every rock point, there was a group of about twenty-five of them. They were just yeah, and just yeah, it just got me going crazy. That I just got to keep applying for it. Eventually, yeah, one of these years. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, as you look at clients, what is like, I know you, you handle everybody for all, all different sides of the spectrum. What is, what is an ideal tags client? Uh, I would say, so I deal with everybody from, you know, guys that have, you know, unlimited funds to guys that are like, Hey, look, I just, you know, I want to try to draw a tag. I want to try to draw an elk tag. If I draw, I'm going to go DIY. I would say it's somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a guy that maybe, you know, elk, deer, and antelope tags are always nice to talk to people about because they're drawable yep. and they're things that, you know, I'm going to have, you know, it's fun to make a phone call to tell a guy he drew a great tag, right? Yeah. And on the sheep, on the sheep side, naturally, those phone calls are, are fewer and further between, although they're, it's obviously a much more exciting call to make. But um, I would say most of my clients are kind of somewhere in the middle, and those are great guys to talk to because, you know, they're like everybody else, right? They're somewhere in the middle, and... Um, you know, they have, they want to do a few things before they hang it up. And if they do it, they want to do it once, do it right and be done and then kind of move on to the next species. So I kind of like guys that are maybe, you know, Hey, you know, maybe not just one species specific, maybe, you know, two or three that, that they'd like to hunt in their lifetime. And do you get like, when guys call, do you get different sizes of spectrum of, of like me, when you talk to me, I, I, a hundred percent give you freedom to apply wherever you think I need to apply because I know you and the guys know way more than I do about any of the, any of the units or anything. Do you get guys that, that call, they'll be like, man, I really want to apply to this unit because I've read whatever article on it. Like this is, I'd, I'd like to get applied in there. How do you handle those ones? Gosh, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. And it's such a good question. And it's such an important question. I would say 90% of the people, maybe 80% of the people that we apply have no idea on the game management unit yep. and they're, they leave it up to us, which is great. The reason why it's great is because we do this eight hours a day, five days a week, and we're always thinking about it. We're always in consultation with each other. We're always bopping in and out of each other's offices, uh, teaching each other, learning from each other. It'd be like, you know, whatever occupation you're in, obviously if you have, you know, 20 years into that, that occupation, you, you know it inside and out, right? And so when I do get a client that has his own units or has been handling his applications himself and I see the way he's been handling it, there's always some little tweak that he's not getting or he doesn't understand or, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it could be done better by using a professional service because that's what we do. And so, you know, I politely and respectfully try to explain that to them, and they usually, you know, take the advice. And, you know, sometimes they don't, and that's okay. But, um, but yeah, that's why you really do need, and especially with all the changes that are, yeah. I mean, it's nonstop. What's happening to these non-resident tags is just, I mean, it's ha- you know, there's changes coming down the pike to non-resident tags in Montana. Wyoming is now making massive changes. New Mexico is always fighting the good fight. You know, changes are always coming there. Every state, I can go through every state, and there's and there's it's never it's rarely it's rarely you know where it's just uniform year after year after year, and you have to be on top of that yeah. stuff. And people just don't have the time, you know, to to look into that. So and, um, I'm glad 80 percent of the people are are using my consulting team because they really do know it inside and out. 
and for the twenty percent, that's okay too. But you know, it's um, it's a good ratio, and and uh, we can, you know, we're, the, the 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 point is, and the bottom line is, we're here to help, and 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 we're good at it, right? And I think that's a good good point, Eric. How, I mean, like, ex- what is the consultant team like? I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, that's you're not just talking to somebody that's in the office. You're talking; they've got a team around them, not just not just the person that that does hey i'm going to get you in this unit but the accountants behind them and and everybody else that makes it flow that we're we're not a fly by the shop type place we've got i mean highly trained professionals literally from the top to the bottom all the way through every step yeah this this is at a minimum this is a three or four headed monster like you you can't do this you can't run a licensing service by yourself without a team around you you need a legitimate company helping you with this i think you know we're if not the most legitimate company out there where a you're going to have a dedicated consultant that i demand knows this inside and out Mm -hmm. right that if they come to the meetings unprepared it's a problem they don't though i mean these guys love this stuff right um Again, they're working eight hours a day at it, five days a week. That's a minimum, right? Yep. You're going to have that guy dedicated to you where when you call, you know you can talk to him and you know he knows it. If he doesn't know it, he has somebody he can lean on, you know, and we can work together as a team. B, we have a full accounting staff behind us, um, and then we have an admin team, right? So we have all three components there where you are completely taken care of. If there is a refund that needs to happen because of a state fee change. If there's a tag that needs to be, it's going to be done to the nickel perfectly. And, and, um, it's just, you know, it's nice to have that support and you have to have that support so that you can focus on being the best consultant you can be. If you're a guy that's doing your own accounting, doing your own, you know, applying the people you're, you know, doing all the application work. Like, I, I just don't see how you can have the time to really be the best consultant you can be. And that's, that's what's so great about WTA. We're not, you know, we're a full service company. You know, I think we employ probably 50 or 60 people now and it's, it's completely set up perfectly and as a business and as it should be. And, and I, you know, I, humbly i do think we are the best at it and i think if you give us a call you're going to be you're going to be in great hands listen i say we're the best all the time so i may be biased but i literally say we're the best all the time one of the other ones i remember you telling me this a long long time ago and and you may get a kick out of these one-liners that that you've told me years ago but they stick they stick with me and and this one was on like when we consult our clients, we get a lot of guys that called and said that, hey, I read this article in this magazine or on, on this one that somebody put that says, hey, we should know, you should all be applying in this zone. And I remember you telling me that goes, when somebody does an article like that, think of their distribution. Now think of the people that are going to saturate that zone that they applied because somebody said that and what it does to draw odds. So when you guys take all this information and it's in the state, but you also read like where the trends are when some when magazines come out and say, hey, you should be looking into this zone, what that's gonna do for draw odds in that state. And it was like, that was one of my takeaways way back when is like, holy smokes, you guys are literally moving as it goes. So you're that ship that's going in the ocean and, and like this curveball got thrown at you because a magazine said this is the zone that you need to apply. So you've dodged that one. And then at the same time, how you guys work with the outfitters on the ground in the areas and be like, hey, this is a hidden zone right here. Watch this for the next couple of years. Like explain that part. Like I find that that's 
good for everybody that knows like, hey, why would I use somebody to apply? Like these are things that the team naturally does. And I don't even know if you guys realize it, but the key benefit to the clients that use WTA tags, what that is. Yeah, no, that's, so, you know, we have the data from all the major companies that are in this world, right? Mm -hmm. And we study it and we study it in part not to know what zones to apply in, but to know what zones to stay away from, right? So you're right. Their distribution is big. It's massive. Guys that are applying for tags on their own are probably using it. Mm -hmm. And when they tout a unit as the number one or the biggest this, you know, sometimes we use it, but sometimes we stay away from it because yep. we know those units are going to get absolutely flooded with applications, right? Yep. yep. You know, just an easy example, low-hanging fruit, the Missouri Breaks Montana sheep tag, right? Mm -hmm. Don't apply for that tag. It's, it's The odds are ridiculous. The only reason you should be applying for a Missouri Breaks sheep tag is because you already have a RAM and you're trying to upgrade and you're trying to shoot a great big one, right? Yep. Most guys just want a RAM. A 160 or a 170 Bighorn is, is, a big is more than... Yeah. Yeah, it's more than okay, right? And so, yeah, you're not going to go into the Missouri breaks and hunt 180s and 190s, but who cares, right? You yep. just want you want to get your hands on a sheep. And so, yeah, when you to your point, when you see that when you see that um, information, you know, hit the hunting population, you know, those units are going to be overwhelmed. We're really, really good at finding these hidden gems. We have an elk hunt in Arizona that we've been pushing pretty hard the last few years, and it's like. The way we sell it is this, right? So elk hunting right now is super expensive, right? No, it's if you crazy. talk to like Jason, yeah, I mean, it's you know, with inflation and everything else, it's it's gone up, and these leases have gone up, and these outfitters have to get more money. And I mean, to go hunt a three hundred inch bull right now is ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars. If you draw a tag, you're going to go in there for five or six thousand, right? Mm -hmm. So we have units that we have units that you can draw, you know, with zero points. The odds are you know, maybe one in five, right? With three or four points, they're almost 100%. And if you can put up with the mental and be mentally tough and understand you're not going to see a lot of elk in this unit, uh -huh. but if you give it the full six days, you could shoot a great big one. We shot a 400-inch bull last year. The guy paid, I think, $6,500 for the hunt out oh. of a unit that is super easy to draw, right? That's and I have example after example after example of that. And that's, a, that's probably the, the number one reason you should be using a service like WTA tags because we find the hidden gems, right? Yep. And we're excited about finding that and seeking that out and putting our clients on it, right? Super excited. Oh, so, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So what is, and you kind of mentioned it, I had this on my list here, sleeper draws to apply for. Like every, and, and this can be for any species, probably not necessarily for, for sheep and so forth because they're, they're limited, but like sleeper draws, you mentioned the one in Arizona for elk, but what about for like mule deer or, or even whitetail? Like what are some sleeper ones that when you got somebody on the phone, you're like, Hey, you should also think about these. Yeah. So elk, mule deer is a little tougher than elk, right? Because the state of the mule of mule deer in the West mm -hmm. has just gotten more difficult over the years. And it's, it's a harder thing to put clients on big mule deer than anything. There's not as many sleepers on the mule deer side, but there's a lot of opportunity on the mule deer side, right? Yep. The state of Montana comes to mind, right? Like those general tags in Montana with zero points, you have a 70% chance of drawing the deer combo roughly, right? So, I mean, just to get out and go hunting and see the West and, 
and learn a new area if you're a DIY hunter or if you want to book a hunt. You know, 70% chance of drawing is, is, is super high. There really are no sleepers on the big mule deer side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no secret, right? you got to draw an Arizona strip tag, a Utah Henry Mountains tag. But I would say, you know, the Colorado, excuse me, Colorado's Eastern Plains, um, yeah. you know, if you're willing to go guided, um, you know, because it's 90% private land, three or four points, you can draw a rifle tag, zero or one point, you can draw an archery tag and go hunt the plains. I think some of the best mule deer hunting right now in the country, in North America, is in the Eastern Plains of Colorado. Um, you do have to book early because the outfitters that have the best ground and the best leases in place are, are booked way out. But, you know, build some points for a couple years and you don't have to wait. I mean, you might never draw an Arizona strip mule deer tag. In fact, you probably won't, right? Mm-hmm. But Colorado, that's probably my mule deer sleeper, right? Everyone should be building points for mule deer in Colorado, yep. right? Whether it's for the western slope or the eastern plains. We've covered elk, right? That Arizona tag mm-hmm. is a great sleeper. New Mexico is always a great state to apply. New Mexico gives 16% of their tags to non-residents. It's a very fair allocation. There's no point system in place, so you're not 20 years behind guys trying to draw these tags. Anyone that wants a great, reasonably priced, high-quality elk hunt needs to be putting in for New Mexico. Um, antelope side is Wyoming, right? I mean, there's so much public ground out there in Wyoming. As we all know, there's more antelope than people in the state of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three or four points, you can go on a great antelope hunt. You can go DIY. You can book without. Antelope's so much fun, right? It I mean, is, it's, yeah. You're not, it's, and you're not physically crushing yourself. Anyone can do it. And there's you no, know, good spotting scope from the truck. Not as much pressure behind it either. Like, that's, I tell everybody when you go on it's certain hunts, there's, hunt. there's lots of pressure. Like, you draw a sheep tag. There's a little bit of pressure that goes with that because you've got so much time behind it. But an antelope is like, oh, we messed up on that antelope. Let's just go around the corner and find another one. Like it's a right. it's a fun hunt, is what you said, and that, that hits it to a T. And great for kids, right? Yep. I mean, when you when you're hunting with your kids, you want to keep them engaged, and the only way to do that is to be showing them game, right? Yep. yep. I mean, if you have your son that's 12 years old grinding it out you know, uh, on some public land somewhere for a, for a whitetail. And it's just, it's, it, you know, you're going to turn them off, right? You can but lose attention very quickly. That, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to it's a totally different uh, strategy when you have kids, right? And hunting with them. And if you want them to stay engaged in the sport and in, and in the, and in the pastime, you really, you really need to think about, you know, the best way to do that and the best way to do that is through you know action and fun and yep. keeping it light right yep. antelope's perfect for that i'm actually bringing uh shelly out to the eastern plains of colorado for an antelope hunt this yeah. year out with uh comanche <laughs> wilderness and limmer oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's the best that's what um, like. well that's great that'll be fun and that's what she's like well what's it gonna what's it gonna be like i'm like kiddo it's gonna be a pretty action-packed couple of days there trust me you will not have very much downtime yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Especially, I've noticed yeah. with with her and the in the whitetail blind. It's just today's world so much different. It's so you have so yeah. much coming at you all the time, and they're not used to downtime. To where I kind of get into a whitetail stand, and I'm like, man, this is nice. Nobody's bugging yeah. me. I'm just out here with right. nature, and, and my phone doesn't totally work. Different. Like this is great, but the kids are like, yeah. what? I can't. I can. I, mean, I can't do this very long. Like I gotta get back. Yeah. Just different mindsets. Right. So you gotta, I, I, gotta keep them active. Yeah. How old is she now? Shelly? She's 12. She's 12. Yeah, so it's perfect, right? I mean, yep. 10, 11, 12, 13. I mean, you know, they, then they get up to be 16, 17. It gets a little tougher. But, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's, that's you know, the, 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 the 10, 11, 12, 13, those are the best years yeah. with the kids for sure. And she's hitting – So I mean, she's in middle school now, so she plays sports. 
she, I mean, sports never sure. stop. She's on travel basketball team. Yeah. So sports, sports never stop. So I tell everybody, cause I get, I get this question a lot. How, how much time you get in the field with your kids or with Michelle? Like we see Michelle on, on the episodes and so forth. And I'm like, truthfully, if I can get Michelle with me for eight to 10 days a year, it's great. Yeah. And they're like, that's it. And I'm like, no, let's just, let's break this down because hunting's in the fall. It's October, November, basically. Right. And it's right in the middle of her two sports seasons. So now you're competing on most weekends. She's got a sporting event. So there's just not much time that she can go. So I, I mean, I, I don't know if it was right or wrong. I ended up taking her out of school so I can get more days just because I look at that as one, like, I think she's learning more with me on that day than she would at school in the grand scheme of life to where I look at that. And that's, that's just how I handle it as a parent. No, it's a hundred percent right. I mean, that's, you know, school will always be there and, you know, yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, yeah, in the grand scheme of life, those are the things that they're going to remember is being out with their dad when they were a kid and, and they learned so much, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's life lessons yep. out there for sure. Yep. And it's yeah. that, it's that bond and relationship that'll carry for years and years. So, Hey, another yeah. one here I had to ask you on bison, cause I've been doing a big push on bison here. Tell us about Wyoming and applying for bison there. Yeah. So, you know, here's another example of non-residents of non-resident tag allocations going away, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's something in the West that I'm very tuned into because I see it every day and it's concerning to me. And I want to get off on a soapbox mm-hmm. here, but what, you know, what happened in Wyoming for their moose, Shiris moose, Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep, mountain goat and bison tags the state of why uh the state the legislatures in wyoming have just taken those tags <clears throat> i believe there's 20 percent of the tags given to non-residents for those species up until 2023 they're going to cut that quota by 50 percent and take it down to a 10 percent allocation so bison everyone talks you know one of the iconic species of the west yeah. right a, gr- a just a great animal uh to hunt uh, whether it's whether it's estate hunting, but especially free range, it, it, you know, estate hunting can be done in lots of places, yep. and I encourage it, and I think it's something everybody should do in their lifetime. But to draw a free range bison tag, that's a really special hunt. So yep. where can you do it? You can do it in Arizona, brutal drawing odds. You can do it in Utah, horrific drawing odds. You can do it in um, the state of Wyoming, right? Last year in the state of Wyoming, the odds of drawing that tag were 1 in 17. That's incredible that drawing is. odds for a free-range bison. Jump on a horse, you're in the Tetons, you know, you're on the National Forest, you're, you're hugging that park boundary, you know, you're waiting for the weather to turn so those bison move out of the park and out of the National Forest. Uh, it's, just, it's just a fabulous hunt, and I think that hunt is coming in at $6,000, so extremely reasonably priced a real bison hunt off horseback in some of the most beautiful country that the West has to offer. If you draw, we have the right outfitter in place to help you with that. And that, and that kind of brings up more East stuff. Like there's kind of been a trend over the last couple of years is more Eastern states open up into elk hunting too. Um, so I guess I, what states in the East are, have you started to apply guys in for elk? Sure. So uh, we added Pennsylvania last year. We added Kentucky 
Um, I've heard Virginia, or maybe it's what I think it's Virginia is going to have a non-resident tag, or maybe they already do. It's something we're looking into. We should have maybe Virginia uh, as an offering in 2023. Uh, you know, back to the Pennsylvania tag, hard tag to draw, right? But mm-hmm. gosh, those bulls are great big ones. Yeah, and that that would be a fun tag. You know, our main moose outfitter is just—he's the best in the business, and he's got—you know—he's got a great place to stay on in some really pretty country and, and, and really gives it his all and, and has a very high success rate on quality moose. Of course, we do a uh, Cabela's uh, signature event up there for our for our Cabela's credit card uh, holders mm-hmm. um, where we can actually get uh, we can actually get guaranteed tags in Maine. Naturally, the price goes way, way up to do that. But if you wanted to go hunting in Maine and circumvent the draw, we can help you there. Uh, or right, you can apply. Yep. So we have we have two options there in Maine, and yeah, but you're right though. I mean, things are happening on the elk front, uh, right? I don't know if you know exactly what's behind it. I'm sure the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, great organization, yep. um, has a lot to do with that, and and uh, elk hunting is coming back to the east for sure, and and we're going to stay on top of that, right? That's, That's part of what we do. Is is um, yeah, just yeah. And that Nate does have some great cabins up there in Maine. Like that whole experience at his place is just dang. It's picturesque for East Coast like hunting like that like I I don't know any better way to explain it than that it, it is it yeah. is a great setup he's got there absolutely yeah and the other one I I had I was fortunate enough to hunt in Kentucky for elk man would have been seven years ago and it yeah. was a unique and very cool experience chasing those bulls in that in that thick timber but seeing them on those those recovered reclaimed mine tops over there right that kind of first 30 minutes a day, last 30 minutes at night. And then they disappear into the timber and hearing them scream off some bugles there. It was, it was cool. It was a cool experience. If anybody's looking for a unique one, that is definitely it. Yeah. What a special experience to be able to hunt elk, you know, further East. Right. And like you said, in the, in the thicker timber and it's just, it's a, it's a really special thing. And, Hopefully someday I'll draw that and go down there and check that out. But um, can you, I can tell you one thing: you're not going to draw it if you don't put in, and 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 that's a big part of it. Exactly, exactly. Well, Eric, we're going to plan on having you, and then also Eric Shell and the other guys from the tag program on here. And in this was like that intro to WTA tags, cover everything high level, and and moving forward, we're going to dig in specific. We'll do yeah. specific states, specific species, and so forth. I know just the questions that I get on social, that's a that's a lot of them are, hey, specific whitetail stuff, even digging into the state of Iowa and, and all those. So those will be future ones I'd love to have you on for. Yeah, let's do that. My my consulting team is super excited to, to help people and you know, we're here to do these podcasts. These podcasts are a great help to people because sometimes listening is easier than reading and you get to, you know, maybe understand the information a little bit better. But yeah, we're ready, Mark. So you just call us anytime and appreciate the time today. And what what do you have coming up? You have the Deer Slam going, correct? You got, got the Deer Slam going to start this fall. Uh, I'm going actually heading to Balam here, the Yucatan Peninsula, to go after uh, oh, nice. Brocket Deer. Let's see, I'm eight days away. So we got spring yeah. rake with the kids here and then right from that right right into the jungle so i know tim's down there right now i saw he got out early already posting pictures of his turkey yeah we i you know the turkey reports from our camp down in the jungle in the yucatan peninsula with balam have been fabulous the season's starting off i think did tim say they went five for five or six maybe they went 
he, he was like six for eight, but two misses or something yeah, like that. He, I mean, it was. And the guys that missed really ended good. up getting their birds. So they were six of six, three and a half days in with two misses. Yeah. And then those guys got their birds later on. So it was, yeah. and have you been down, if you haven't been in the jungle, you got to get down there. That yeah. experience is so unique. Just, and for a guy out West, like you can look out when you see miles as far, you can, you can see as far as you want to. And then you go into the jungle yeah. and you're like, I can't see more than 14 feet for a week. It's just completely, yeah, no. completely <laughs> different experience. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. You know, I have my Grand Slam growing up in Orchard Park and, and you know, being a Quaker boy disciple around the neighborhood. And uh-huh. and uh, I should have my Royal Slam. I struck out on a Mexico hunt. and But the fact that I haven't been down to that jungle yet is, it, it's tough for me. You know, that's a tough time it, of year for tags because it's, it's, you know, right in the middle April, of your time. May, and, yep. Right in the heart of it, you know, but, you know, so eventually I'm going to get down there and, and, uh, I'm dying to do that hunt, dying yeah, to do it. That's a good sure. one. So, well, perfect. Well, that- you, uh, you stay safe out there, buddy. And I appreciate the time cause I know you're crazy busy and, uh, just super excited about what you're doing and what you're doing for the, for hunting. And, and yeah, you just call us anytime and, and we can, uh, we can go through this tag stuff or the outdoor adventure stuff, however you want to do it. Perfect. Thanks, Eric. And right. uh, forever. Yep, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep, sounds good. Thank you, everyone out there, for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.